John chapter 15, beginning in verse number 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. I want to bring a message this morning titled, How is Your Fruit? Probably a little more exact title would have been, The Proof is in Your Fruit. Father God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for your spirit in this place, God. I thank you for the humble feeling that it brings across this platform, God. I thank you, Father, for the way it's reached in and touched hearts and souls this morning. God, I pray you continue to move in a mighty way. I pray that your sweet Holy Spirit would settle in this campus. God, I pray that every soul in this place be touched by your spirit. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. Would you speak to everybody in this place this morning? God, everybody in here has a different need, a different problem, a different circumstance, a different situation. Lord God, I pray you'd touch each one right where they're at, God, through this one message. God, I pray you'd help us, Father, that we'd walk out of here pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There in verse number one, Jesus said, I am the true vine. That is one of seven I am statements here in the book of John. In the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, we see that Israel is pictured as the vine. Psalms chapter 80 says, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. And has cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparedest room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. In the book of Isaiah, the word of God says in chapter 5, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. He fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine. Built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. He looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. Here in Isaiah, we, we see that there is a vine. Israel is the vine in this description. But what we see is, is a parable, if you will, that there's a vineyard. A vine was planted. Everything was done for it. It was given all the necessary provisions. All of the stones were removed. It was given everything that was necessary to thrive. But it lost its purpose. And the vine dresser took down the hedge because the vine was not living up to its purpose. You, you study this passage here in Isaiah. You can look in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Hosea. They have many things to say about this, this vine that, that did not keep up its end of the bargain. And the Bible tells us that God sent Jesus to be the true vine because Israel wouldn't hold up its end of the deal. 
Israel is the vine in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament prophets, they were the husbandmen. They, they were the keepers, the ones who were sent to, to take care of the vine. But they killed the husbandmen. Israel killed the caretakers and stoneth the prophets, the ones that were sent to them. So Jesus says now, I am the vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. Anybody listening this morning? He purgeth it. He cuts it back. He, he prunes it. He, he bruises it so that it will bear more fruit. A few weeks ago, I preached a message on it's all about the relationship. The relationship is between the vine and the branch. Six times here in our passage, Jesus talks about being in me. He says, if you abide in me. You remember Jesus told Nicodemus, we do it in the Easter play, told Nicodemus in the night scene that, that except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. You and I must be born again so that we can be connected to the true vine. Unless you've been born again, you are not connected to the vine. Sorry, but to be in church does not mean to be in Christ. To call yourself Christian does not mean to be in Jesus. To, to post your little stuff on Facebook and put little scriptures and put your little daily devotion out there for everybody to see does not mean to be in Jesus. To be in Jesus means to be born again. You and I have to be born into the Spirit. That which is of the flesh is flesh. But that which is of the Spirit is spirit. There is no connectivity to the vine unless you've been born again. Now, here's the part that we need to understand. Jesus is the vine. You and I, as children of God, born-again believers, accepted Christ, had our sins washed away, name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, we are born again, children of the living God, because we've accepted Christ, and the blood has washed away our sins. Therefore, we are born into the family of God. A branch cannot produce a good fruit unless it is connected to the vine. Now, here's something to think about. The vine doesn't produce fruit. The vine brings all of the water to the branches. The vine provides all of the nutrients for the branches. The vine gives all of the strength necessary for the branches. The vine supplies all of everything needed to the branches so that the branches can bear fruit. But without the vine, the branches can do nothing. Now, in order to be of the vine, we must be born again because we must be in the family. We have to be in the family of God. I'm not going to take time to read these two chapters. They're a little bit long. You can write them down. You can go home and study them for yourself if you want to. Romans chapter 11 shows us a good bit about how the Jews were the branches. The Jews were the branches that were cut off. Therefore, you and I, thank you Jews for messing up. You and I have been grafted into the family of God. If you want to read in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, read through that book, Ephesians chapter 2. And it will talk as well about how the Jews were the circumcision. 
They were the elect of God. They were the selected. But because of their failure, because they were cut off, the uncircumcised is now able to be in the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. So you and I are adopted into the family of God whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We are adopted because we have been grafted into the family of God. Amen? Everybody with me? I want to give you something on family. I've told you before that my secular college that my dad thinks was a waste of money because I never used any of that. No, he really doesn't. My, my mom and dad sent me to college. But my secular degree in college was in biology. And, and my minor was in forestry. And in forestry, we studied a, a lot of horticulture and a lot of botany. And we really studied mostly pine trees, how to grow pine trees, make them grow faster, make them grow straighter, make them grow taller with a smaller canopy at the top so that they have less knots so that we get really good boards a whole lot quicker. That's kind of the purpose of studying. But what, what we learned and what I learned in biology as well as in study of forestry is I learned that, that every tree, every plant, every animal has a family. There's a family, a genus, and a species. Anybody with me so far? Everything has a family. For example, the oak tree. Everybody likes the oak tree, the big old, the big old oaks that stand out in the yards. The oaks are the corcus family. If it's not in the corcus, then it's not an oak tree. Everything that is in the oak tree family is a corcus, the big live oaks. Y'all know down in South Georgia, y'all like the live oaks? It's got the big old long limbs that nearly touch the ground. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all been to South Georgia, the, the big old monstrous trees that put out and they put all the swings upon them? Those are called corcus virginianus. That, that, that is the, the corcus family. And then you have here around the house, we mostly have things like, like the, the red oak tree. And, and the red oak is... Um, a corcus rufra. But, but around here, we're mostly familiar with the pine trees, right? I mean, we're in Georgia. You got to know about the pine trees. So mostly what we have around here are loblolly pines and slash pines. And they're known, in, they're known by their fruit, just like everything is known by its fruit, like you and I. The loblolly and the slash, they're, they're a lot in similarity. They, they have needles of about five or six inches long. And the little pine cones are about four or five inches long that falls in your yard. And you have to pick them up. And, and all they do is make a mess. But if you go a little further north, they have the shortleaf pine, you know, with the little short needles. They have those cute little bitty pine cones. Everybody likes those because they can pick them up and make all that stuff with them. You go down to South Georgia, and they have what's called a longleaf pine, big old long 12-inch needles. They have the big old pine cones, and people down there probably hate them with a passion. But people up here love them because they buy them, and you make all kinds of stuff. Those are Pinus teida, Pinus iliadia, Pinus echinata, Pinus palustrius. They all have a name. They are all in the Pinus family. In order to be a pine tree, it must be a Pinus. A white-tailed deer is an Odicolius virginianus. A large-mouth bass is a Micropterus salmoides. We have bobcats called a lynx rufus. They are in the family of the lynx. The coyote is a Canis latrinus. He is of the Canis family. Your little dog is even of the Canis family. Amen? The wolf being the largest, but they are of the Canis family. Everything has a family. Now, I can take a, a, a peach tree. And I can break off a branch from a peach tree. And I can take that branch and I can graft that branch into an apple tree. That branch will live, but it will not produce fruit because it's not in the same family. I can take that same peach limb. If I take that peach limb and, and I graft it into a plum tree, 
That branch will not only live, it will produce fruit. It will produce peaches on a plum tree because they are from the same family. The plum tree is the prunus family. The peach tree is the prunus family. Therefore, you can grow both fruits on one, but the apple tree is the malice family. So you cannot put either of those branches on the apple tree. Do you understand the importance of the root? Do you understand? I'm trying to get you to see the importance of the family. From one trunk, from one root, I can grow up both plums and peaches because they are of the same family. The fruit is controlled by the same root as a branch. We have to be connected to the true vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. In order for you and I to produce good fruit, we must be connected to the good vine. This world that we live in today, we, we recently, the staff, all the staff, and I would do staff meetings every Tuesday morning from 9 until. We never really know quite when we're going to get out of there. But a few weeks ago, about four weeks ago, we did a staff meeting down in Columbus, and we went down and went to one of Tom Rainer's seminars called The New Norm, called Reaching Your Community, the, the New Norm for Reaching Your Community. And we learned some things. One of the things we learned is it used to be called a regular attending church member. You had to go to church three times a week. You know, that could be Sunday school, that could be a prayer meeting, that could be Wednesday night. Anything that you do in terms of worship, that would be considered a regular attending church member the new norm says twice a month let let me let me plug in the new norm ain't cutting it for god you you can deny it all you want to but that ain't cutting it for god just because the new norm has decided you can come a couple three sunday mornings a month that's not going to get it in god's eyes amen the society that, that we're in decides if we come to church three or four times a month, then, 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 then we're connected. But they aren't bearing any fruit because they don't have the nature of the vine. They're religious, but they're not connected. They are churchy, if you will, but not redeemed. If we're going to bear fruit, then we must be born again. We must be of the same nature as the vine. On Wednesday night, we talked about nature. And I said, I am by nature, I am a sinner. All by myself. I thought there'd be at least one other sinner in the house. I am a sinner. All that I know how to do outside of Christ is sin. I said, I don't know how to do anything outside of Christ but sin. Everything that is in me that is outside of Christ, all I know how to do is sin. But when I got saved, I got infused with a divine nature. We talked about a couple of different words on Wednesday night. We talked about the words imputed and we talked about the words implemented. When I got saved, I was imputed. Righteousness was imputed into me. And, and then I became implemented i became implemented as a tool in the family of god that god might use me and send me out to do works when we got saved we were imputed but but we were infused we have been grafted into the family of god sin sin is still the nature that old sin nature 
is still there. But I don't have to sin if I don't want to. Because I have a divine nature now that can help me, guide me away from sin. It's right there in the text in verse number 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse number 4 says the only way to stay clean is to abide in me and I in you. That's the relationship. That's what we looked at three weeks ago in the relationship. As I get older, I can see things more clearly. I see the need for my relationship more than I used to see it. Somebody from my generation and older, I'm going to need you guys to help me out right here a little bit. There are some things that I need in my 50s that I did not know I needed in my 20s. That's good. I hear a few of my generation plan on helping me out here. There are things that hurt in my 50s that I did not even know I had. In my 20s. I, I talked about it last week. When we turned 20, we thought we knew everything. Now that we're in our 50s, we realize not only did we not know nothing in our 20s, we still don't know nothing. The older we get, we just realize how much dumber we are. I, the, the more I realize the importance of my relationship then the more I realize how much I need to walk with God. I realize how much more I need to read His Word. I realize how much more I need to study. I realize how much more I need to pray. The older I get, the more I realize that I need to spend my time talking with God. I can't see things like I used to could see. I used to could see. I see a gnat flying around. I could tell what color eyes he had. That's good eyes, isn't it? Now a bug flies me. I can't tell if it's a horse fly or a bumblebee. All I know is something went buzzing by. I, I, I need God to help me see some things more clearly. I can't remember things like I used to could. I was telling somebody just this week, when I was younger, my memory was better than it is now. Or at least I think it was. I really can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I'm in a situation now where I can be sitting in my seat perfectly comfortable. And I can get up out of that seat. And I go to a room on purpose to get something. I got up for the sole purpose of going in that room and getting something. I was perfectly comfortable where I was sitting. But I needed something. So, I, I mean, I sacrificed to get up all the aches and cracking and go into the room to get something. Now I am in the room, and I can't remember what I came in there to get. And I got up to go in there to get it in the first place. I need God to help me remember some things. I used to could hear better. I could hear a mosquito burp. I can't even hardly hear a car horn no more. A lot of y'all think I'm being stuck up. Y'all holler and say things and wave and shout, and I keep on walking. I promise you, I'm not stuck up. I just can't hear you. I need for God to help me hear some things. I could even smell when I was younger. My daddy would tell you, he called it Dory Nose. My, my, my mom, Dora, my, my daddy's mom, she, they said she could smell anything. I was just like her. 
a, a, a honeybee could fly by, and I could smell his leg and tell you what kind of flower he'd been on. Some of those might be a little exaggerated. <laughs> but I, I can't even stick my face in a rose bush and smell it no more. I, I have no more sense of smell. I, I don't have some of the things, some of the things that, that I used to could do, they, they don't work like they did. The reason some of you can laugh is because you spent all morning looking for your glasses. And somebody finally pointed out to you that you had them on. Some, some of you right now, it's only 11.25 and, and you're wondering, did I take my medicine this morning? And some of you say, why did he say that? Did I take my medicine this morning? I don't know if I did or not. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember. No, that might have been yesterday. And y'all ain't going to get nothing else out of the rest of the morning because y'all going to be wondering, I don't know if I took my medicine or not. I'll be thinking about that the rest of the day. But anyway, I should all just, all just stick to preaching. I'm just telling you, in my 50s, I realized how much more I need God than I ever realized it when I was younger. See, see, you, you, can, you can do all that you want. You can color it. You can even go do some surgery and add to it. You can get it tucked in or sucked out. You, you, you can get the wrinkles ironed out, but if you live long enough, circumstances will change. And you will come to know that you cannot get out of the bed in the morning without the Lord Jesus Christ holding your hand and walking you through a day. People will say all manner of stuff, and you'll understand that it's God that gives you the grace to get out of the bed in the morning, get you through a day, and lay your head back down at night. God help us. If we've been saved, then we're born again. Now, if we're born again, then it's our job to produce fruit. If we are connected to the vine, then we are a part of the family. Then the vine will produce the fruit through you and I. The vine will produce all of the nutrients that you need, all of the protection, all of the housing, all of the fuel for your car, all of the food for your table, everything that you need. The vine will produce what you need for you to go out and win fruit. The vine will take care. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All of the things are the responsibility of the vine. The vine will provide it. Psalms chapter 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When they try to knock you down, you'll still prosper. When they try to tear you apart, you'll still prosper. When they want to post all kind of garbage about you, you'll still prosper. When they say all manner of evil against you, you'll still pray for them at night when you lay down to go to bed. You'll still wake up tomorrow morning with a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Because you don't care. All you want to do is serve God. And if your sole purpose is to serve him, he will take care of all of your foes, all of your enemies, all of your problems. All you got to do is stay focused on what matters, and that is the vine. The vine says that I'm to produce fruit. Not only 
This is about being in a relationship, being part of the family. But it's about reproduction. See, our text says there in verse number four, he said, abide in me and I in you. That's the relationship part of it. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. That's the reproduction. For without me, you can do nothing. When the branch is connected, the vine is solely responsible for you and I. The vine does not produce the fruit. The vine produces an, an energizing, life-giving sap that goes through the branch so that the branch can produce the fruit. The vine delegates fruit-bearing to the branches. Well, that's good. It's not the branch's job to go get water. It's not the branch's job to go get the nutrients. It's not the branch's job to stay connected to the ground so that the storms don't blow us away. It's only the branch's job to put your trust in the vine to take care of everything else so that you can produce the fruit that he put us here to be. All means of survival. All, all means of everything is the responsibility of the vine. The branch's job is to produce the what? The fruit. Not one fruit. Not one peach. Not, not, not one plum or, or, or one grape. But, but without the vine, you can do nothing. We, we are to produce clusters of grapes. We're supposed to be reproducing ourselves as Christians. All we got to do is tell somebody what Christ did for us. I don't have to memorize one scripture to tell you what Jesus Christ did for me. I don't have to memorize one text or quote one passage from the Bible. All I have to tell you is I was on my way to hell and I knew it. And one day I trusted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. I didn't want to go to those places anymore. I didn't want to say those things anymore. I didn't want to run with that crowd. It ain't that I had to quit doing that. I didn't want it no more. And I still don't. The only reason I'm glad I even have it in my past is because I know how pathetic it is. And I have no desire to go back there. Look at the progression. Look there at the text, if you would, the progression. Starting at the beginning there, verse number 2, it says that there's no fruit. But about midway through that text, there's fruit. By the time you get to the end of that text, there's more fruit. By the time you get down to verse number 5, there is much fruit. You see that? You see the progression? No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Then in verse number, number 8, it says that if we are disciples of Christ, that we will bear much fruit and that God will be glorified. Now we're getting to what really matters. God is glorified. If we look between the fruit and the more fruit, what we're going to find is some pruning. We're going to find that, that the, the vine dresser, that the keeper of the vineyard does some pruning. Some, some, some cutting back. He, he does some, some testing, if you will. But because if the branches, anybody listening? If the branches are not cut back, they will become top heavy. And they'll start bragging on fruit that they didn't produce. If the branches are not trimmed back, 
They'll get so top heavy and so big and so full of stuff that they'll begin to take all of the nutrients that God gave to them to produce fruit and they will use all of those nutrients to take care of themselves. So the vine dresser has to cut them back. We, we looked at it last Sunday morning. We looked at a message entitled, You Have What It Takes. I'm not sure what it was about that message. I've had more response from that message and probably in the last couple of years of messages that I've had, that, that, that I've done. But, but, but you have what it takes. The nutrients are there. The, the, the provisions are there. The, the necessities are, are there. Everything that we need. But you may have to go through some pruning. So that you don't get top heavy. So that you don't use all that, that God has given you to take care of you. And not provide any fruit so that God gets the glory. That's what the text is talking about. Let, let, me, let me give you this about pruning and I'm, and I'm done. Pruning slices. Pruning cuts off some stuff. Pr pruning bruises. Pruning causes the plant to bleed, are you with me? It looks like the vine dresser is taking some stuff away. But when properly done by the hands of a skilled vine dresser, it is increasing productivity. It is increasing the productivity of the vines so that the branch increases in its glory. When the branches begin to produce more fruit so that the vine dresser gets more glory, then, then the owner of the vineyard, the vine dresser, is pleased with his vineyard. I thank God. That, that, when, that when we are connected to the vine, some of you can say amen to this right here. I thank God that God holds the pruning shears in his hands, and he don't let some of you have it. I thank God that God takes care of the pruning. God holds the scissors, and he don't let some church folk have the knife. I thank God that he don't let the enemy come in with the knife. I, I thank God that, that because I am in the family, I am connected. I am grafted in to the family of God. Therefore, the only one who can prune me is the one who knows and wants only what is best for me so that he might receive glory through my life. Same one that provides for me is the only one that can prune me. He's the only one that can prune each one of us. And he only does it so that we bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, so that he be glorified. You see it there in our text. Christ must be everything to you and I. He that abideth in me and I in him. You must abide fully in Christ to be in the family, to be producing fruit. Christ must be everything to you. Is anybody listening? I'm closing. I'm done. I'm promised. Don't go to sleep now. 
Don't go to sleep now. I'm almost done. Christ must be everything in you. If he is not everything to you, then he is nothing to you. Because Christ does not enter in part-time agreements or become part of your Savior. He is either everything to you or he is nothing to you. Charles Spurgeon said, if he be something, he must be everything. And if he be not everything, then to you he is nothing. You and I are to be fruit bearers. That means we're to be reproducing Christians. Another word from Charles Spurgeon. He says, you're either trying to spread abroad the kingdom of Christ or you do not love him at all. I didn't say that. I wish I would have, though. Somebody really, really smart said that. He said, you're either trying to spread abroad the kingdom of Christ or you do not love him at all. It cannot be that there is a high appreciation of Jesus if the tongue remains silent. We talk about what we love. For those who follow Christ, there, there will be fruit in this life. But because of the fruit in this life, isn't this crazy? This is a crazy concept to me. God's going to give me everything I need to produce fruit in this life. And then for the fruit that's produced through me, he's going to give me crowns when I get to heaven for it. As if though I did something. He's going to wake me up at 2.30 in the morning, call out one of your names and say, I want you to pray for them right now. And if I am willing and obedient to get up, see, what I don't know is that at 2 or 2.30 in the morning, one of you might be sitting on the side of a bed with a gun to your head trying to decide, but God could reach down. Rather than intervene, God wakes up one of his other children and says, pray for them right now. And if you'll get up and pray, he'll intervene over here and save this one, and he'll come back over here and put rewards on your plate because you prayed when he told you to pray. All you did was you stayed connected to Jesus Christ and he's going to give you crowns when you get to heaven because all you did was what he told you to do and you used what he gave you to do it with what a God God is way beyond making sense to me God is way beyond making sense to me but I was talking about the crowns Jesus said if any man follow me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me there will be no crown bearers in heaven that we're not cross bearers on earth. You won't glide through this life and spend all the resources he gives you on you and not produce any fruit and gather any rewards when you get to heaven. Amen. Dale gave me one more from Spurgeon. He gave me this on Tuesday in a staff meeting. He said, for those who claim to be a Christian, he said, you're either a missionary or you are an imposter. Charles Spurgeon said, if you claim to be a child of God, if you claim to be connected to the vine, if you claim to be a Christian, you are either a missionary or you are an imposter. Can, can I tell you, the people sitting around you can tell which one you are. And they're not being judgmental. They're just being fruit inspectors. You are recognized by your fruit. People around you ain't judging you. They're just looking at your fruit. What kind of fruit you got? Just because you got leaves and branches and all that stuff doesn't mean nothing. I told you, you can put the peach on the apple and it'll still live. It'll still make leaves. It'll still survive. But it'll bear no fruit. Just because you got leaves means nothing. 
we can look at one another and tell how we're living in this life and, and who we're actually following and what vine we're connected to by the fruit that we produce. So, how, how is your fruit this morning? It's just a simple question. Ain't nobody knows this but you. How, how's your fruit? What will tomorrow produce in your life if Jesus Christ stays you through the night, wakes you up tomorrow morning, and, and holds back Albieto, and you get to go to the lake, and you meet somebody at the gas station, what will you talk about? Glad the weather held back? Or thank God for the day that Jesus gave me? What, what do we talk about? We talk about what's important to us. How is your fruit? That is the gauge of what the world sees in you and I that determines whether or not we're children of God. How is the fruit? If you're bearing no fruit, I guess the real question is, are you even connected to the vine? There's four options. Where's your fruit? No fruit, fruit, more fruit, or much fruit? That's your four questions this morning. Where are you? Because if we're really connected to the vine, Jesus said there'd be much fruit and God would be glorified. If God's glorified, don't you think he, he would do a little more for you? If we're really giving everything to God, well, I don't have time to get off on that. That's a whole other passage. I'll just leave that alone. Could I have you stand to your feet this morning? Let, let, let me ask you this question. How many of you want God to be pleased with you? That's just a simple question. How many of you want God to be pleased with you? Right now, this is a vineyard. The vine dresser is looking down on his vineyard. We are his branches. The vine is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the word. And, and we are connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this is the branches. So, so the vine dresser right now is looking down on his branches. Is he pleased with what he sees in your life? That's the question we need to be asking ourselves. When, when, when he comes to gather fruit, will there be any fruit on your branches? Any, anybody ever gather grapes? Anybody ever gather, ever gather scuppernons, muscadines? Y'all like those things? I love those things. Y'all gather me what I'm talking about? Y'all ever get to a stretch of the vine and there's none there, or maybe just a few? What do you do? You move on down to the part where they're full, where they got lots of them and they're ripe and ready so you can fill your baskets quicker. If the vine dresser passes by right now, what does he see on your vine? If you're producing fruit, then he may stop by and prune you this morning. So that you produce more fruit. If you're producing more fruit, he may stop by and cut you off this morning. He may cause the plant to bleed. He may cut off all the excess so that you don't have to worry about taking care of that stuff of yours. But that you produce much fruit. Because that's the purpose of the vine dresser. To take care of us. So that we produce fruit. So that God be glorified. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Can I ask you this morning, is there anybody in here that you're just not connected to the vine? Let, let, me, let me just say that what it is to make sure you understand 
what I'm talking about, not connected to the vine. Is there anybody in here that you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you died today, you'd go to hell and you know it. The Word of God says, except Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. He is the only way. None other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. He said, I am the way. Is there anybody in this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're not even connected to the vine. You know, there's a part of that that talks about you. There's a part of the passage there that talks about you. Let me go back and pull that one up real quick so that I can read it to you because it has a description of you. I am the vine, you are the branch, he that abideth me, and I in him the same, bringeth forth much fruit. Without me you can't do nothing. He's talking to his children. If a man abides in me, he is cast forth as a branch. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you're not connected to the vine, then you're not a child of God. And all of those who are not the children of God will be gathered and cast in the place called the lake of fire forever. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? It's the most important question you're ever going to answer. If you're not, you can change all that this morning, but you need to understand something. I don't have some little magic poem to give you. I don't have some little magic prayer that that prayer gets you saved. No, this is a heart connection. This has to come from the heart. Something's going on in your heart right now. You fear hell. You got somebody talking. You got something in between your ears talking to you. That ain't me. I'm standing up here. I don't have the ability to come down there and speak to your heart. That's the Holy Spirit of God. And you don't get saved when you want to. You get saved when the Holy Spirit of God draws you. And if the Holy Spirit of God's drawing you, he's talking to you right now. Are you willing to tell him, Lord, I'm sorry? Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. God, I'm asking you to save my soul. Wash away my sin in Jesus' name. And if you're willing to say a prayer like that from your heart to God, you're just as much a child of God as anybody else in this building. 